This is the Defenders podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Marvel Assembled, the making of Miss Marvel. For Kamala, she's looking up to all of these heroes who look nothing like her, and yet within her own family was this very, very powerful woman who is the source of all of her strength and her power. And obviously that's the message of the story is look towards who you are, look towards your lineage, your legacy. There's power, there's strength in that, and but, but make it your own. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. Yes, this is our wrap-up podcast of the Miss Marvel series with Marvel Assembled, the making of Miss Marvel. I am one of your Marvelous hosts, John. And rounding out this dynamic duo, yes. I am Chris. Yes, D- uh, Derek can't be here with us for this wrap-up, uh, so it is just Chris and myself. I guess I'm Kamala Khan and you're Cameron. With, with our hard light theatrics. I was more going Bruno. Okay, mate. Yes, Bruno. Exactly. You've got a crush on me. I always yeah, that, knew that. That always was the I... case. <laughs> Secretly, it's just been leading to this. We're going to spin off and do our own podcast. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. It would be about nothing. It would just be weird, off the hinge banter, <laughs> not reined in and sounding terrible without Derek. Exactly. <laughs> But not only will we be covering Marvel Assembled, the making of Miss Marvel, but we have the results and the answers and ultimately the winner of Miss Marvel's pub quiz. Yes, the slushy bar quiz. Uh, so, fellow quizzers and fellow defenders, um, remember there are prizes to be had, which we'll mention in the pub quiz finale segment after our coverage of the marvel assembled we don't as such have any of our usual things around episode details or synopsis it's really just to say if you're joining us for this wrap-up episode uh looking at the marvel assembled making of this marvel please head on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to any good or evil podcast player of your choice and of course over there you can find us on all of the socials as well as leaving voicemail or you can of course send in your feedback to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com but I think with that, let us get into our spoiler-filled discussion, I guess, of uh, Marvel Assembled, the making of Miss Marvel, or the making of Miss Marvel, Bruno, Nakia, Amir, Zoe, Muniba, Youssef, the Jiro Man, and Cameron, as they, they started it off. Um, yes. But yes, let us get into our marvelous moments. I think... Number one, I think for me, this really, strange as it may seem, given we are talking about the making of this Marvel, this really didn't feel like a making of um, documentary at all. No, 100%. It it was a little strange in that regards, but it felt like it was 
it was really re-emphasizing the, the the comic roots and and creation of Kamala Khan uh, with the the co-creator, one of the co-creators, um, being interviewed, and also that that novelty of the show, um, as well in terms of that, it really focused on the importance of it bringing a a asian or pakistani family into the marvel universe the muslim community into the marvel universe as well as this um young female protagonist in kamala khan and that perspective so it, it really felt more like um myself and Derek covered marvel 616 which was a documentary mm-hmm. series uh, which looked at women in marvel both writers creators but also characters and uh it kind of felt in that same wheelhouse really um and i think you know kevin feige was at pains to to say about you know new characters and how they're brought in and bringing that representation or just different perspectives and i I think that very much was the feel uh, of this uh, as well and um, i mean even with the the directors so in that sense it was really good but it certainly wasn't talking about the music and and how that was being done it did certainly look at uh, a number of the different sets but you know like i would have loved to have heard how they had done the big volcano experiment uh, was that just cgi and um, mm-hmm. but they didn't go into the cgi the stunt work and yep. um, even the creation of say the 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 dagger weapons and um, so it 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 did feel a little different say than some of the others that we've had yeah no i'm a thousand percent with you on this for me more and more of these assembled are starting to feel like extended versions of the TV spots, featurettes that they put out on Marvel.com yeah. or the Marvel YouTube channels, where it's essentially like for the films, they do the behind the scenes, little mini five minute around X or Y. And it's like a talk to camera shot. And then you see some behind the scenes. Yeah. You see it, but you don't really, they don't go into the, the like, what I would like to call the nerdy details that we were kind of like, yeah, we want to know more about the, the what did the composer do? How did they move? Very much remember WandaVision's level. Yeah. Where exactly. we actually end up having a lot of those, like the composers sit down and tell us about their thoughts and how they move from X to Y. This more and more, and hold on, taking a step back, I absolutely love that they did focus on the representation aspect of it yeah. because that is... So important. We've seen this back through the Black Panther days when that came out and how big it was from a cultural perspective, an international perspective, for the diverse range of people to feel that they are represented in Marvel MCU. Yeah, exactly. And seeing Muslim uh, uh, families, Pakistanis, young teenage girls, like bringing that diversity and inclusion in is huge because they suddenly have their superhero. And I remember with Kamala Khan in the comic books, like having, seeing people go, oh, that's me. Like that is me there on, in the comic book made flesh. And yeah, it from the 616, you saw people talk about how X woman or Y woman as a superhero made them feel represented. And I had that with Spider-Man for years. 
So it's nice to see other people have that. Hell, I've heard stories of um, people talk about how Miles Morales helped them kind of feel represented. Exactly. And it's just a separate version of that. Blended families, like you name it, religions, the whole shebang. Yeah. The downside, and because it comes slightly, which is it feels somewhat pat on the backish, which is, yeah. and I, the only reason I say that is like, we knew this was important. We knew this is how great it was, and it was great for them to focus. But in a making of, quote unquote, there was less making. Definitely. And like you say, there's been a lot of that sort of released yeah. already. Uh, and I, I think, um, you know, don't get me wrong. It absolutely talks about certain aspects of, of the production. And, and I mean, a, a lot of it was sort of around, you know, there was the surprise of showing um, Iman Vellani the, the uh, Avenger concept. And that was cool. And there was, you know, they, they were talking about the creation of that homemade uh, outfit that, that her and Bruno had done yeah. for the Avenger concept. And that was really cool because you could really actually sense it was made out of cardboard, which I thought was quite cool, which I, I didn't really get from, uh, from actually watching the, the series. Um, but I think, I think it's more just the balance. Yes. And I think if you feel that you've seen a lot of the stuff previously, then, you know, you, you're kind of wondering, Okay, what what's going on here? So it's it's more that I think possibly they just got the the balance slightly wrong. However, having said that, you know, I thought what was really good in this was just how the casting agents, the writers, really hit the nail on the head of just the perfect fit of Iman Bellani oh, yes. as Kamala Khan, and um, I mean. In a sense, though, I wanted more because, you know, there was all this background about how, um, you know, she loved this character. She had done her own cosplay, which was really cool. I thought it was really interesting. And then I was thinking, this just sounds like one of those perfect moments in time that very few people get were a complete fan of this comic series who, like... I, that's, and that's the thing. I don't know. Does she have formal acting training or is it just that, you know, with that generation being used to being in front of cameras, possibly, you know, doing all that stuff that she, um, she was comfortable yeah. with that? Cause I, I got no sense of that aspect of it. And um, it felt like Iman Vellani is a huge fan of this character, Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel. Um, ended off just embodying it and I, that's all i got yeah. from it and if that is that's really amazing but I, it just wasn't kind of confirmed to me and i i think that what though was really really interesting because all the way through the series iman Vellani for me was pitch perfect as kamala khan in terms of just how she reacted to her family especially like her mom and dad and, and her brother I loved just within the social groups outside the family, really, really good, and just how she grew. And I thought she did a really good job on that. So it could would have been nice to have gotten some more um, from that. Uh, I think as well, the other thing that I did like about 
this emphasis on how well everyone fitted together was they really didn't shy away as such from the COVID yeah. filming here. They really emphasized that. And, and actually, I wonder why just the whole group of friends like with Kamala and Bruno and Nakia, as well as then with the family in terms of Amir and Maniba and Yusef and Kamala and all these different social interactions, they felt so natural and real. And I wonder if the fact that they lived and worked together, you know, they said that about they were sharing apartments and that they were hanging out afterwards. That is that why this cast felt so good together and really bonded. And that just really kind of added this, that kind of unknown to um, that sense of being a family, a community, a group of friends and, and that perspective. I thought, I thought that was really interesting because they really emphasize that COVID filming and, and sort of the, the, the bubble isolation of the, the cast together in, in apartments. And as such, I, I wonder whether that, you know, so often we say, that COVID has removed something from the acting process. But given how central these different social groupings were, I just think it probably added mm, yeah. a significant amount to it. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd agree a lot on that. I, I think COVID has been just a, a detraction for a lot of the shows we've seen and read and we talked and watched. And we've even talked about how, yeah, sometimes we actually covered a very similar topic in Umbrella Academy where we saw it was... Just so it was some of the scenes were obvious of the way that they wrote around it because of COVID restrictions. Like it was all groups of twos and threes and it was very no extras and things like yeah. And we talked about how that, but the writers used that. Here we also see the actual, it had again a similar positive effect on the show because, yeah. as you said, like you could see the friendship between like Kamala and Bruno, the two actors. Like Definitely. that, they they actually got on and they had a bit of crack. Um, it does help that a man is a complete nerd. Like yeah. she has burner exactly. accounts on Reddit where she talks about MCU because she obviously once she signed the contract she could no longer be herself. So yeah. she ended up creating burner accounts to talk about the MCU and also like like to be able to like talk about comics and still get all her information. So I was like, okay, so she is one of us. She has enjoyed these things for years. It just so helps that um she is also a fantastic actress as well. Um it just kind of you're like these people who are multi talented, you really gotta annoy them. <laughs> exactly. Um so yeah, I, I enjoyed how this all kind of came together. And I think what we're seeing and kind of circling back slightly is I'm okay with these types of kind of making ofs in that it's like the less parts of it. It's very similar to some of the others what we started to see as we kind of moved through the different Marvel assembles. Like they yeah. basically, they've seen what some of the positive negative. Now, the difference is on a lot of this is... Again, I think we are looking for slightly different things than some of the other folks who are watching them. Um, 
And we also saw that actually the viewership numbers on these are not huge. No, no. And I, I think that's the the danger, isn't it? Is that, um, you know, maybe makings of anyway aren't particularly high up on um on people's sort of watch list, yeah. I guess. I mean, there's there's certainly an element of that. And I, I think for myself as well, you know, makings of, for me, I got really into them just with Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, where they effectively had another three hours of, you know, the Weta workshop and just the design process and all of that. And it was just fascinating seeing this behind the scenes, you know, behind camera element of what goes mm. into a show. And, you know, you get a sense of what's gone into it just purely by the scale. Uh, but, there's no detail to it, and and in the end, it, it's a little bit flat, I think. And um, and yet, there's things in here which I think need to be, like the importance of the the Pakistani family, you know, Kamala's family, the Muslim community, and so on. But it just whether it needed to be blended yes. a bit better with actually showing, you know, some editing stuff you know seeing like you know we we see edil and uh bilal and the the two directors you know they they did the the i think the first two and the last two of this series and and you know they're super super sort of enthusiastic they're really good communicators they they really kind of give their own story here and i don't think you know, there was anything in terms of how they constructed the shots in any kind of detail. Like, so, you know, in, in a sense, it becomes less of a making of, and it's simply, as you say, self-promotion, yeah. um, which is, is slightly different. And maybe makings of have, have had their time, and this is just, in terms of with Marvel, it, it's a way of really sort of just cementing sort of some of the more PR concepts as to why they've made these decisions um, of of different characters, for example. I, I don't know. I think it's, um, it's a strange one. Yeah. But nonetheless, I thought, even though it didn't feel like a making of, I think it had really important stuff to say. And I really did enjoy oh, elements yes. Sorry, of it. Yeah. I think it just needed more information more background more detail you know that's what as i say is iman Vellani someone who has you know fell to earth and has this perfectly formed sort of situation because that's how it felt raw you know i just didn't get a sense of other than she turned up for an audition and she she <laughs> was the perfect fit for it. That that was it. Well, that's that's great. But you know, has she been acting school? Has she been doing it since she was three? I mean, you just have no kind of concept. Yeah. As I say, it feels like she fell from space into the casting room and happened to be just you know, chef's kiss perfect. Yeah. And I guess I was just missing a bit more background. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of all of these, so, for me, it was uh, the right. Interesting. That's where I wanted to. The, the deeper, deeper aspect of it. Like, yeah. we did get some on the kind of, um, the, and kind of the next kind of uh, one of our other marvelous moments on this, which was yeah. essentially the, the, the kind of the, the powers 
and how they kind of moved parts of that and tweaked that. And I get why they did it, and it all made sense. But what I really, really was interested in was kind of what, why the changes with the clandestine. What, what, like, I again, that's very much nitty gritty. That I'm like interesting changes and tweaks. Love to know. Well, like it's very much some of the stuff that if you listen to Kevin Smith or Mark Bernard and you hear or any of the other kind of certain nerd writers on Twitter and their own podcasts and stuff, you start to hear about writers' rooms and how they played with X or Y and when they thought about well actually we did think about doing an X type of thing, but we couldn't do it because rights or we yeah. couldn't do it because you know what when you get to part c or d in our overall storyline having them as crazy and humans don't make sense anymore because X yeah. so those were the things i was very and i think comic book you know tv or film really lends itself to the adaptation part from the comic mm. book why have they adapted what they've done? Why have they left out other things? Why have they, you know, decided to completely change a bit of the the mythology or legend behind a particular character? Yeah, I, no, I definitely. But I mean, I think it's definitely worth a watch, but it's not as such, I wouldn't think, a technical yes. making of no. in that sense. No. It, it, it's a very different... Uh, beast ultimately but there are a few things here and i think this comes to our marvelous moment number two which is you know the whole walkthrough around the avenger con set yeah was fantastic i really like the notion of you know it being the first um comic-con within the the marvel cinematic tv universe uh, and i really like their kind of their walkthrough, you know, they showed a bit of the stunt work in terms of the um, the 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 head rolling off uh, the giant Ant Man in the pool. But again, it, it was all fairly just simply visual. Uh, you didn't have the stunt coordinator chatting about it, or you know, sort of that design of how they did it. But nonetheless, I loved the walkthrough, uh, seeing you know that whilst it was. A Comic Con, it it had to be a Marvel Comic Con in that sense, so that they had these pieces from um the the Battle of New York and the taxi that had been smashed by the Hulk, bits of debris and so on being sold. I thought that was all pretty cool, um, and it it seemed, you know, a lot of the actors in there were saying how incredibly detailed this this set mm. was. If you, they even had the website up for a while, remember? Um, where you could yeah. go to the VentureCon website. That's <laughs> exactly that showed even some of those details for me, and like where you saw the trash panda, um, was it the stall? Um, where you could get like rockets, um, yes. and the yes. signs. So, like the level of, like that's the kind of thing. If they took that on tour around the world. Oh, yeah. Like, they'd make awesome. Like, just buckets. Like, bring it to every convention center for to, for a year around exactly. the world. And you'll... I'm giving... I'm throwing away ideas here, Marvel. But come on, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it would be fantastic. I think the other side of it, you know, coming back to cardboard outfits as well, I did like the fact that Cameron was in kind of the, the, the square cardboard 
box uh, Iron Man suit, yeah. and, and there was a there, there was another. Uh, I think it was Amir as well, the the actor who played Amir. So they they were sort of in a, as as background um, characters without knowing that they were in there as two cardboard box cosplayers uh, of different Marvel uh, superheroes. So I thought that was really, really nicely done, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, For me, it was then just the, the kind of... The, the, just the kind of guidance, of, not the guidance, but it was some of the bits I missed. Uh, I think the other thing as well was it was... It was prompted by the big Ant-Man yes. um, figure because after he'd watched it, Der- Derek had mentioned again about Bruno going off to Caltech. And I think we had discussed this in, in the last episode about whether we would see Bruno Cameron again in um, in the MCU. Uh, you know, it will there be a season two of Miss Marvel you know, and where and how we would see them. And I remember Derek was mentioning how, well, we don't need to see Bruno again because they've, they've shifted him off to Caltech on the West Coast. And as soon as I saw the, the Ant-Man, I was like, but Ant-Man's on the West Coast. So actually for Quantumania, potentially Bruno could pop up or he could feature in um, an Ant-Man situation uh, in, in future movies because his West Coast and it's tech. It all fits in with, say, uh, Pym uh, at the Pym Particles and so on. You know, he is a genius. So that was the only thing, uh, fellow defenders, I guess, is just that, you know, we, we kind of mentioned, well, maybe we won't see Bruno again because they, they've put him in a situation where he doesn't need to be back because he's on the other side of America. But technically, he could be an Ant-Man yeah. alumni as well, yeah, yeah. very much so. They, but they also, Ironheart is coming up. So Ironheart, Vivi Williams, I don't know whether they're going to have her as an MIT grad or a Caltech grad or something else. Hopefully they're going to do it. But there's another one. Or Bruno becomes the the uh, Eric uh, Selvig of yes. um, the kind of exactly. younger generation. He's the doctor that they call very quickly. Um, the other aspect is we're always talking about the young Avengers. That is that how that potentially yeah. might blow up? And we always, I made jokes about, oh my god, they might do West Coast Avengers because they're talking about Wonder Man now and things like that. They could just do the Young Avengers on Disney Plus, on a like literally on the West Coast. Like the Avengers set yeah. it up, like they bring in one or two big names, like a Paul Rudd. He runs it, and it's a kind of bit more comedic. You then bring in Miss Marvel, you bring in Kate Bishop, you bring in XY Stature, who is Ant-Man's daughter. Um, you bring in all those, and then you've got a young Avengers slash West Coast Avengers thing. It could be a bit more comedic, a bit younger, and yeah. that could quite work. And then Bruno's there anyway. Um, yeah, I don't, absolutely. I think, I think he'll be the Natalie Portman. I think that's what's going to happen. He'll be the Ned <laughs> to Spider-Man. He he like he's always yeah. going to be there. They'll find ways to work him in because he is the foil to her kind of um humanity. Um yeah. there. So yeah. Well I, I really hope that as well he, he is in uh you know 
even if it's just very briefly, but or whether it's at the start or even later because Kamala needs some advice or some help that he's in the next Captain Marvel. Yeah, the Marvels. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because we do have the Disney Day coming up. I think it's like D23 or D26 or something of yep. those. And that's where we're going to have more trailers. We're going to have more project information that they're doing. And I think we'll probably get views on the Marvels in that. Or at least in the Disney stake, uh, the shareholder meeting, one of them. And in that, I think, okay, now this is where it's going to be interesting because he may be in just the beginning. He may be her, her, her phone, the friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, I need to talk to someone. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, yeah, I think that is something we'll, hopefully keep our fingers legs and toes crossed uh to see yeah. you know more of these characters because we we did really like them but i think you know um the avengers concept just came across as being pretty epic really detailed and you know again i just like to have poked around a bit more in how some of these things were made was that the taxi from the actual set the, the actual day, set yeah. i mean you know um i, I i'm guessing it was but it I don't know. Uh, so I thought that was really uh, kind of interesting. But uh, I think keeping with the different set theme of this uh, Marvelous Moments, I think that brings us on to our Marvelous Moment number three, which is the Red Dagger set, um, yeah. ultimately. This is the one I don't think we'll see ever again. I don't know. No, and it's a real shame because it was probably the most intricate um of of all the sets because i mean i i again the crew that and the designers that dress these sets probably might argue it's more difficult to do a family home given how much stuff homes just have in them and random stuff you know um whether it's a newspaper on the coffee table and the the things that kind of give reference to the actual characters where this is kind of like you know, it's a lair, isn't yeah. it? it? It's quite clean. It's it's almost like a laboratory. But I, I thought this was a phenomenal set. It just in terms of sort of the old fashioned magnifying glass, but then how that with the, the kind of supernatural tech almost or of the, the vapor, um, sort of representation of the Nur, uh, and the, the barrier between where the clandestine are from and then the, you know, our world. I thought that was really cool. And, but what I thought was really interesting about the, the Red Dagger set was, you know, how they entered into it, um, through the Chinese restaurant, the kitchen of the, the, the Chinese restaurant. And, you know, the actors were saying how they thought, it was just simply going to be a cut and then we'll, you know, set up and it will be in a different location. But they actually did a kitchen set kind of, I guess, at right angles to the Red Dagger set so that when they pushed it through, it was there open for them and they walked yeah. through it as though it was a real life set. And I thought that was kind of really interesting because... Just, just how 
that helps an actor sort of the amazement at least for Kamala who's this is her first time of going into it and it's just revealed in that way and you walk down the the corridor and into that chamber where you have all the different books and the library and and so on so I I thought that was really interesting yeah no I completely agree Uh, and it was cool to see it because you could see the kind of for me I was like yeah you you would expect them to do the card cut. And it's like, and yeah. turn, and done, we're in, oh my god. Um, yeah. For me, it's just a shame, because I don't think they spent um, enough time with the daggers. Essentially, we got, what, one and a bit. That was it. And interestingly, on the set, with the making of, the table in the middle of the chamber had red daggers yeah. emanating it underneath the glass, which I just didn't see no. in the series. And, um, you know, and occasionally with these makings of yours have, you know, the detail and, and they would focus on that given, I guess it's, you know, I'm calling it the red dagger set. It was the red dagger headquarters that, you know, you didn't see any red daggers as such um, during the series. And yet, in the middle of that room, there was this table with sort of radial red daggers going out from the center. And it looked really, really cool. Yeah. No, and it, again, this is the sh- potential shame of not getting more on these people and this team. Maybe they do on a season two. Maybe. But like, I, I, I see obviously probably after the Marvels, I don't yeah. think we'll get much more of the Red Dagger storyline aspect, I think. No, which is a shame because, I mean, they're they're set up to be still there given that Cameron at the end of of the season has gone into sort of hiding, refuge, training uh, with the Red Daggers. So I thought that was really good. I did like how, you know, because this was filmed, um, this was supposed to be Karachi, but it was filmed in in Thailand and the, the whole street scene was was a a set uh built on 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 a on a lot in thailand but what i really enjoyed was just how um you know i guess the question as to you know why they went to karachi but it, it comes back to the idea of the partition of india and just how you know how that lives with um Kamala's family in New Jersey and and I think there was a really interesting comment made um by by Kevin Feige but also I think with the directors and, and the the creator of uh, Kamala Khan um in in the comics which was it just you pull back and you you present you know this wider view of of the world in which these people sit and how events whether it's back in in history or whether it's um over geography and um, have impacted on these families and communities and are still important to talk about so i thought that was that really kind of i thought was important and they really sort of mentioned that and i i like that element of when they they went to uh, the 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 filming that was being done in Thailand yeah. as well. No, I agree. Um, I think the other interesting thing, you know, you were talking, Chris, about how you know 
how how did they make some of these choices? Um, I did like the fact that you know there was the guy who uh, basically said you know the new powers of this hard light were created specifically uh, for the show, um, and you know they did homages to the the embiggen Kamala in the final episode and the fist as well, but it was all done through the powers of this hard light, but ultimately. In, in the comics, um, she doesn't have this hard no. light power that created the shields or, or the platforms that she could move around with. So, uh, I thought that was really, um, kind of, that was a nice little moment to get that information. Again, there wasn't really so much of the, the why, but I think it was possibly for practical reasons. Um, Maybe it's easier to do that or because of the storyline with the Noor and, and how you go about that. Uh, They're also the introducing Captain uh, Mr. Fantastic in two years. So and yeah, th- yeah, theoretically in the comics, they're pretty much powers are the same. They're stretchy. That's it. I, that's it. That was the other side of it as well, was that they didn't want it to be confused with Elastigirl or um, yeah, yeah, Mr. Fantastic. So... You know, interesting stuff, uh, and that was really good. Just you know, to get that background, yeah. but we didn't get anything on mutants, <laughs> they didn't, as opposed they didn't, to they being didn't. in humans and, and any of that, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Since that is a big change. No, no, exactly. Um, um, well, I think that kind of brings us to the end of the making of. Like again, there's not I much. So, so. You, is there any last tidbits that you want to chat about? Um, I think for me, it was just, I loved how much fun they had with the wedding sequence and in particular the dancing. Yes. You know, I thought that was really, really good. Um, I love the idea that, you know, um, some of the directors, the, the creators of, uh, of Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel, were involved and dancing away. I really, really enjoyed that. I would have loved to have seen a sequence of them, you know, in rehearsals learning the dance. We got a bit of that, but just, you know, a bit of some time with the the dance instructor about how they do that. But I mean, the other side of that is I loved how uh, Zenobia Shroff, who plays Maniba, was like, I've danced in a a Bollywood (laughs) movie, you know? Um, And there's... At weddings, you can have up to 25 dances going on, you know, for, for the couple, just for the bride, just for the groom, for the bridesmaids, for, you know, the best man and, and the, and, and the groom, for everyone, the aunties all get. So I, I kind of really love that sort of dive into the, the, the fun and just the importance of it. Um, in in ceremonies yeah. uh in wedding ceremonies i thought that was a real nice little touch what about yourself chris nothing major uh overall i'm kind of i i wanted to ask you do you defend the series as a whole i absolutely defend uh the miss marvel series um for sure um i you know to the point where you know the assembled and making of Miss Marvel focused on the stuff that actually did really make this whole series for me um, in terms of seeing this young female from 
a Muslim community from a, a, a an Asian family, and you know, as a chiming in, in so many ways with um with Peter Parker and, and Spider Man yeah. for me, and to to have all that with a new character uh, for a new audience for a new generation in, in, in a yeah. sense, I think was really important. So I defend the series completely. And I think, as I say, there is that connection as to why I loved it with um, parts of this making of as well. Um, and I, I think that generational shift is really important. Just that, you know, the design of all the, you know the text messages yeah. and, and all that visual stuff i mean again it would have been really nice to have seen that uh because it, it speaks to a younger generation yeah. uh, from my side as someone who is uh effectively coming up to his 45th birthday but i thought it was exciting really dynamic i loved it all and um, so i defend uh miss marvel uh i would definitely give this um for me, the series really strong. I give it four and a half. Um, Bollywood dances out of five, Ooh, I guess. How did you do um, half a dance? I suppose like you're midway through and you fall over. Okay, yeah, yes, and and you're too drunk to continue, ah, or I guess you're just too tired and you fall down exactly because it's been such a long day and you've completely run out of steam. And <laughs> um, I think for the um, Marvel Assembled, the making of. I would still defend it, but I, I think it's three Avenger concepts out of five yeah. for me. It's just kind of on a border. Yeah. And I think that's mainly because sort of really wanting to consume this show. I feel a lot of it. I know because it seems to be more about a lot of the stuff that they put out on the PR and those, those snippets. And, um, and I really would have liked to have had a bit more deep dive into some of the artistic stuff, the design elements, the stunt coordination, the setups, um, the music. Um, you know, we got stuff on the costume here in this, which was good as yeah. well. Um, I really enjoyed that in, in terms of the costume designer saying really what they had to incorporate or try to incorporate. It was a, a bit of Marvel. It was a bit of Kamala Khan. It was a bit of the comics. It was a, a bit of, um, sort of Muslim culture. It was a bit of, um, Pakistani culture, all these different elements. And I thought it sounded like a really sort of, uh, big task. And, and I think of when they talked about and showed the making of, how they did the Shang Chi um, suit. Oh yeah, I, I just thought it could have done with that. Andrew you know, Park just going through that. why he talked of like I chose exactly. these sneakers versus this sneaker a, a bit more because they said that but didn't kind of show it on yeah. the on the costume. And um, so yeah, it 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 just feels like it it probably was doing something else than a making of ultimately. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would give it, um, I would still defend it, but it, um, it would be three Avenger concepts out of five. Excellent. And Chris, uh, do you defend the Miss Marvel series? On the series, a thousand percent. This, as I said, I, I think in the very first episode when we recorded, I would, this felt to me like a really fun, comedic young age comedy 
Yeah. If you even stripped out the Marvel stuff, I'd still watch it because it's a bit of fun. It was yeah. well written. It showed people and places and history that I had no idea about. And it pulled me back to the Watchmen where we, back when we recorded about Watchmen, it talked about Tulsa and all that. And we didn't know about this history. And that was parts of that was like, oh my God, this is like, I want to know more. How did this happen? Like, tell me everything. And when you layer in then the, the super heroics, the Marvel, the, like that stuff on top, I'm even more drawn in because that's, I have an affinity to that. So learning about Karachi, learning about the, the kind of the movement of these people through the lens of a superhero show, I'm down. I'm always down for this. So I 100% Defend Miss Marvel. And I would always suggest Excellent. people try it out. Give it like it's not that big of a time investment. For the Marvel Assembled, I'm actually leaning closer to like eight. If I was to use your scale, I'd go two because it's something, yeah. it's a nice to have. I'd watch it in the background again. Like if I wanted to know more, I'd like, you don't need to rush out and watch this. It's not like, no. Oh my God, check. You're going to hear so much cool shit behind it. It's a nice rationale and reminder of why they did what they did. And you go sprinkle in some cool bits on top of that. But it's like, it's one of those, yeah, when you don't have something to watch, when you're waiting uh, for She-Hulk and you're two days out, yeah. go watch this. When you have watched the Groot show and you need something in between, watch this. When yeah. Only Murders in the Building is on hiatus for whatever reason for a week, Watch this. Like, it's one of those, well, it's, watch it, but you don't rush, you're fine. If you need an upper as well, you absolutely cannot deny oh, yeah. the enthusiasm that was on that set from the, the cast oh, 100%. and crew. Yeah. Like, very, very upbeat, enthusiastic, and you can feel that that just fed into the show. And I think that's probably... Um, you know, in terms of making of, they, they've tried to distill and bottle effectively an unknown quantity yeah. that you can't really capture in a making yeah. of, but they have done in a sense. So, you know, in, in fairness to them. So yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, it, it's worth a watch, but it might not be for no, everyone. 100%. But do you know what is for everyone? Go on. <laughs> I think it's time for a pub quiz. I think, well, a slushy oh, bar sorry, quiz, slushy in bar fact, quiz. yes, uh, no alcohol served at, at this, um, at this bar, I'm afraid. Yes, fellow defenders, fellow quizzes, it is that time where we wrap up uh, with our slushy bar quiz that we were doing over each episode of our coverage of Miss Marvel. So we had six episodes, which meant six questions. And the prizes for uh, the winner uh, is going to be Volume 1 and Volume 2 of Miss Marvel, the collected editions. So that is Volume 1, No Normal, and Volume 2, Generation Y. And they're great. Yes, our fellow quizzers and defenders who have entered, and um, we have seven contestants here that have gotten all the questions right and are in with a chance uh, for uh, the the prize. But let us recap over the questions. Chris, do you want to start us off with question, question one? Question one. What is the name of Kamala Khan's blog production company? 
It is, of course, Sloth Baby Productions. Very good. Question two from episode two. When Kamala Khan has a call with her nanny, why does her grandmother have to end the call with her? The answer is she has to get mangoes from the Mango Man. Yes, it's not a Del Monte man. It is the Mango Man. (laughs) Question three. What is Mr. Khan's special synthetic treat? No, no, no. Don't go dirty, people. The answer is Hostess (laughs) Cherry Fruit Pie. Yes, it is more plastic than cherry fruit, I'm guessing, on that one. (laughs) It's probably like our Angel Delight back in the day. No, it's actually made out of hostesses. It's not even cherry or pie. It's made out of 100% hostesses. (laughs) That's a little cannibalistic. But let's move on to question four. Kamala's flying teddy bear is actually what? It is a napping pillow. I need one of those. I know. Who would have thought (laughs) that we would, you know, at our ripe old ages, suddenly realize the need for a napping pillow? Question five. What is the (laughs) meaning of Aisha's name? The answer is she who lives. Yeah, cool. I really enjoyed that in the series, just getting the meaning of of her name. Do you know your meaning, Chris? What does Christopher mean? Uh, I'm going to... Jokingly say nothing. <laughs> Probably, it's gonna be like I know there's a Saint Christopher who's the patron saint of travelers, so kind of no, the, the people, yeah. the, the this patron saint of people who travel. Excellent stuff. Excellent. And finally, fellow quizzes, question six: What does Sheikh Abdullah call Agent Diva as she enters the mosque to search for Cameron? The answer is Miss Agent, Ms. Agent. Yep. Um, so, yes, there we go. So, those fellow quizzes who are in with a chance are Filippo Florencio, Dr. Bob Phillips, Brandy Elise Anderson, Isadora Maya Souza, Will Walton, Adam Downing, and Stephen Sherman. In with a chance to get volumes one and two of Miss Marvel's collected editions. Yes. Chris, would you please like to put the numbers one to seven through the Google randomizer? Yes. Hey, Google, randomly pick a number between one and seven. Here's a random number, four. Excellent stuff. And the winner is... Isadora Maya Souza. Thank you so much, Isadora. You are the lucky winner of the draw. Yes. Uh, congratulations, Isadora, on being crowned the slushy bar quiz champion of the Miss Marvel series on Defenders TV podcast. Yes, we will be in touch with you uh, to get your details where we can um, send on the Miss Marvel collected editions uh, to you uh, again thank you so much fellow defenders and quizzes for all of those of you who entered into the quiz of course there can only be one winner that is Isadora so a huge congratulations to Isadora uh, on her pub quiz win excellent stuff so let's get into some feedback that we received from our fellow defenders first up we have an email from Coffee and Vodka about episode four for this one. Greetings, fellow touristic defenders. Oppression, desperation, and incursion. Oh my. 
This is what the pot boiling over looks like when stirred by imperialism. We made it to Karachi not to find a second bangle, but red daggers, spicy food, and escaped gin, literally out to take over the world. Loved the almost seamless tapestry of Pakistani culture and the multiverse of madness tie-ins. Travelogue and superhero show all in one. What was that magic that sent her back? And when will we see her generating the trail of stars and creating a time loop? Great cliffhanger. My MVP was Grandma yours 4.5 calamitous clandestine clashes out of five peace and take care <laughs> coffee and vodka grandma is my mvp 100 percent coffee and vodka she was still one of the standouts for this season for me excellent stuff coffee and vodka my mvp was probably maniba and yusef um i think but grandma as well was a close second as i say i can never just have one and um you know i think you're right there was that element of just really delving into pakistani culture in karachi uh, and then all the different superhero elements from getting the tie-ins but also just with the red daggers as well i really enjoyed um seeing the red daggers on screen uh, so yeah. hopefully they might get their own movie sort of almost like um the the te- with the 10 rings maybe i don't think you so know? but maybe i don't think so either but i think it'd be <laughs> it'd quite be cool. cool um but yes thanks so much coffee and vodka uh, we also got an email in from steve hiles uh he says just found your podcast after my wife samina was looking for weekly discussions around each episode of the recent miss marvel series she listened to plenty of others and really enjoyed your review shows and passed on the recommendation she is not one for emailing her thoughts so i'm doing so on her behalf and as a husband to someone who has been deeply affected by the series she really appreciated your attention to the little cultural details, how it all fits with the wider Marvel canon. So you get a thumbs up 3000 from her. Excellent stuff. Wow. That's really Thank good. You, Thank you, Stephen. Uh, Samina is a big Marvel fan, was born in Pakistan and comes from a Muslim family. I cannot begin to tell you the impact this series has had on her. Even today, as... One of the main themes of the show alludes to her family remain deeply affected by partition as they are from Kashmir and have relatives and property still separated by the disputed border. She avidly consumed the Miss Marvel comics after I bought her Miss Marvel number one a few years ago and waited in hope that the series would hit just as hard. And it really did. The colourful, cartoonish, daydream world of Kamala mixed with authentic representation of family life, language, music, culture and history was so unique for her to see. She watched each episode with a tear in her eye. Episode 5 especially brought back memories of the village she visited as a girl around Kamala's age. That's really, really interesting. I think, I think that is such a, a good way to sum up the series. You know, the, the authentic reality and representation of, of family life, language, music, culture, and history. I mean, so many times, at least one of those or, or more would be missing. Um, and the, the writing did such a, a good job of weaving, uh, that in for sure. So yeah, definitely, um, 
agree are on that point. Steve Hiles uh, continues, The resonance of all of this is all the deeper for her own Miss Marvel origin story. She was diagnosed with a serious illness around the time of the release of Captain Marvel. Why she enjoyed similar themes of female representation and discovering your true self, it was the mirroring of the exposure of radiation, exploding light speed engine versus high energy x-rays that gave Carol her superpowers and gave Samina the strength to endure and complete her treatment. All in all, it's been emotional. Many thanks, Steve. Uh, thank you so much, Steve, for, for sending in, uh, your email. I think, you know, as I think having that personal sort of journey and it being rewarded as well through how it's portrayed, um, in terms of what is meaningful to you, but also in terms of how these types of art, culture, you know, like comics can really mean something quite deep, quite personal, and can really give you strength and courage at moments in your life when you need it uh, as something to sort of tether to, I think is really important. So thank you so much for sharing uh, that, Steve. Yes, thank you so much, Steve. It, it means so much to have your feedback, but also to know that Samina enjoyed yeah. our show. And like that's the one thing we will always do to our fellow defenders is we'll talk about our perspective, but we know there are so many of you who also have these different perspectives who, Definitely. For your case, Steve, being married to Samina, and for Samina who lived through this. So, understanding, like, that's why these comic books, these TV shows are so important, because for years it was the white Caucasian cis man, and that was your hero, and that was it. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, like, there was nothing. There was no representation for anything other than what there was there. And yet we are growing as a humanity and we're growing as people. So seeing that this is so emotional and impactful for Samia yeah. and seeing it for also you, but also then more importantly, beyond all that, hearing that feedback from you guys is why we like doing the show and why we read out every, every single piece of feedback we get. And um, because why we read it as well, because knowing that the thumbs up 3000 from her and you is amazing but then also hearing how a show about let's face it a mutant girl from jersey like and how that impacts and like someone like samina who was born in pakistan and it, like it has a similar kind of history like that's the the interesting thing um like so that's why it's important to get the feedback from you guys. Why it's important for us to hear this thing and hear your voice as a fellow defender and why I will always be happy to read out every piece of feedback, or in this case, for John to read out this piece of feedback. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so Excellent. much for your email. Excellent. Yeah, thanks so much, Steve. And also thank you, Samina, uh, for allowing Steve to, to send in uh, the email. Really good to hear from you both. And a big thumbs up 3000 from ourselves as well. Back to you. Back to you. Um, I, that's all we have in terms of uh, feedback uh, for the, the wrap up and the coverage of Marvel's Assembled. Um, 
it's just a reminder that, you know, if you love the podcast, please share, rate, and review us. Because by sharing the podcast is, of course, sharing the love. Yes. And you can head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com to find any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice. Yes. And a quick reminder, if you enjoyed what you heard, please note that this episode of TV Podcast Industries is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including Jenny V. Thank you so much, Jenny. Excellent stuff. Uh, thank you so much, fellow Defenders, for joining us. We are back with our next Marvel installment when we delve into the 10-episode series, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, uh, which begins on Disney Plus on Thursday, the 18th of August. We are also just doing our wrap-up of The Boys Season 3, which was on Prime, so keep a lookout for our discussion and the results of the pub quiz from The Boys Season 3. We are also covering all 10 episodes of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman that is out now on Netflix where we have released our first two episodes uh, of the podcast on episode one and two and are about to start our coverage of episode three dream a little dream of me and of course finally if you thought we were finished we're not we are still releasing our discussions of umbrella academy season three we're about to complete our final two episodes of season three uh, as we move on to episode nine seven bells the penultimate episode of the series yes that's a lot, but you know what? It really is. <laughs> it's fun in games because we get to, I get to have a chat with the boys, and we get to hear from you fellow defenders. But we must go because we have a lot more stuff to record. So, <laughs> <We do. laughs> for now, it's a goodbye for me. And it is, of course, fellow defenders, a goodbye from me. As always, it is fantastic chatting with you. Remember, keep watching, keep listening. Keep defending and embiggen the soul, the mind, the heart, you name it, uh, just embiggen. Bye. Bye.